Chapter Two of Saint Charles Borromeo: A Sketch of the Reforming Cardinal, by Louise M. Stackpole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Chapter Two: The Key of Italy. In fifteen fifty four, Charles went to the University of Pavia to study civil and canon law. With his wonted energy, he immediately commenced attending lectures and classes giving his mind with ardor to the mastering of those abstruse and difficult subjects in which he had elected to take out his degree he was naturally proud and reserved he rarely associated with the bulk of his fellow-students but he unbent with his friends and was when in their society pleasant and genial his shyness and diffidence made him shrink from notice and few even of the professors knew what unusual talent what a clever brain and active mind lay hid beneath his quiet and unassuming manner the one of his tutors probably gifted with keen penetration remarked to the others you do not sufficiently appreciate charles borromeo he will one day be an ardent reformer and will do great things for god and the church it was however only when having passed a stiff examination with extraordinary brilliancy and the degree of doctor was conferred upon him that friends and foes alike realized that a man of surpassing genius had for some years worked unnoticed in their mists all had known that he was a holy and virtuous youth indeed his virtue and piety had as is generally the case caused calumniators and detractors to endeavour to tarnish the lustre of his name they failed ignominiously but their sneers and lies caused strangers to regard with suspicion if not actual disfavour the object of their hatred these wretches had even tried to persuade count gilbert borromeo that his son if not actually a libertine and a spendthrift was at any rate a man of no importance weak stupid and a dull clod and capable through inertia of ever being a credit to his family count gilbert was not so easily deceived he had his son's letters in which the lad unconsciously laid bare his inmost soul to his sweetest father he had also heard the favourable reports and kindly gossip of friends and relations consequently he remarked my son when at the university always conducted himself as a gentle man and a good christian and he was ever a great comfort to me the fond father did not live to see the degree of doctor of the university with the insignia of the crown ring and cap conferred upon his dearly loved boy the good count died some months previously in august fifteen fifty eight on his death charles though the second son was called upon to fulfil the duties of head of the family the heir count frederick throwing upon him all the trouble of arranging matters and winding up affairs everything was at sixes and at sevens not only was count gilbert's property in apparently inextricable confusion but to add to the young student's annoyance when he returned to Arona, he discovered that philip the second king of spain who at that period governed the duchy of milan had placed a spanish captain in command of the garrison at the rocca de Arona, under the pretext that count frederick was too young to hold so important yet vulnerable fortress remarking that arona was the key of italy and if taken by the french endless strife and disorder would ensue whether the once powerful but then dismembered and impotent duchy was better off as a fife of spain than under the rule of france was a vexed question some preferred the Habsburgs, for when louis the twelfth and his viceroys held sway in the beautiful city of milan they had disgusted and alienated the people by their brutality they had acted like the barbarian invaders of old and had pillaged and destroyed magnificent buildings stately castles priceless art treasures 
the milanese hated them and rejoiced when they were driven forth and a sforza once more governed the duchy however the reign of massiliano sforza and that of his brother and successor francesco ii were of short duration for the latter died in fifteen thirty five leaving no child to inherit the ducal throne milan once more devolved as a vacant fife to the empire and has since remained under continued subjection to the house of Habsburg. Count Gilbert had always been a faithful adherent of that house, and it grieved his sons that they should apparently not be trusted by Philip, for they considered his pretext a mere ruse, and that what he really wished was to hold absolute sway in the stronghold that had been theirs for many centuries. While Charles endeavored to regain the complete control of the Rocca for his brother, he little dreamed that one day he himself would be in all but name the real ruler of the duchy. His powerful influence and his indomitable will compelling the court of spain to yield him supremacy at this early age the masterful and somewhat imperious temper of the young student triumphed after lengthy negotiations and many propellers he succeeded in persuading philip and his minister rai gomez to dismiss the spanish captain and install count frederick as commander of the rocca charles gave his elder brother many wise and prudent counsels exhorting him to be always on the alert to stay constantly in the fortress seldom to leave it and only for a very short time, remarking, in case any distinguished personages arrive unexpectedly, they will see for themselves that you personally control the garrison, and keep strict watch and ward over the country. Thus the key of Italy remained in the hands of the Borromei. End of chapter 2